This week on What the Church. Lauren, are you a good cook? I'm a horrible cook. My poor husband. <laughs> I can make tacos, and that's about it. That's all you need. We'll and, cover that well, later. And reservations. Yeah, what, what more do you need? <laughs> tacos and reservations. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hey, you're listening to What the Church, a podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Orlando. I'm your host, Cameron Hughes, and this is episode two of our Ordinary series. Over the course of this series, we'll be talking about many different aspects of our ordinary life and how that intersects with our spiritual lives and spiritual practice. Uh, I'm super excited about today because we get to have a conversation about one of my very favorite things, and that's food. I'm joined again today by Alexa Rossi. Hello, everyone. Hey there. And we're also super excited to be joined today by Lauren Yoakum. Uh, Lauren is the founder of Spork Orlando, a food blog here in the area. Um, you'll have to check her out on social media. But um, Lauren, can you give us a little background to uh, your time here at First Prez as well as what you do in the food scene here in Orlando? Sure. So my family has been around First Prez for a while. My parents are married here, baptized. I was married here. So um, it's fun to be kind of a generational member. Um, and I started Spork Orlando about six years ago. Mm-hmm. I was pretty bored of my day job. I thought, I have a journalism degree. Why not start a blog on a topic I love? Awesome. That's great. Especially in Orlando. There's so many great foodie places, I feel like. So I'm excited to hear your opinions and learn where I should go. Lauren, just to get started today, um, as a food blogger, what are some hidden gems that you would suggest here in Orlando? What are some places to try, maybe some places to take the family? I would say hidden gems of Orlando are the food trucks. And there's tons of food trucks. And it's funny because a lot of them turn into restaurants later on. Mm -hmm. But the two that I love right now, um, Duck and Drake Mm. and Smoke and Donuts. Yes. Okay. I've seen the Smoke and Donuts truck. Where could I find Duck and Drake? Like, I know they travel around, but. I've seen Duck and Drake in College Park Mm -hmm. at a few random spots. Smoke and Donuts has gotten more popular. And um, they literally have chopped up brisket on top of a donut it's wow. so good it's i amazing. had it for the first time a week and a half ago so smoke and donuts like smoke being like a barbecue type oh, yeah. of food okay over a donut over i a had donut. like a creme brulee donut with wow. burn ends and chocolate sauce oh my gosh. and that the, sounds amazing at first you think i don't know and then you take one bite and you're totally sold i'm glad we're not doing this podcast right at lunchtime because yeah get it out of the way before we're hungry yeah Yeah. exactly (laughs) that sounds amazing it's so good we might have to go find them after that yeah exactly i'll join y'all one of the reasons we're talking about food today is because uh, food is just such a normal ordinary part of our life and as much as we can enjoy food or really lean into uh, the fun aspects of food in orlando um, it, there's a, a part of food that's just so much necessity, but it's also this good gift from God. Um, it's something for us to enjoy that he gave us. It, obviously, food was created before the fall and before brokenness, and uh, God had a good plan for us. So it's something we want to talk about and enjoy and give you some recommendations over the course of this episode, as well as uh, to, to understand why it makes us ordinary. Yeah, I see food as a both and in the sense of it is a means to an end, like God has ordained that it would sustain our bodies in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Yet at the same time, I think there's an invitation um, around food that has so much more to do with sustenance. And so, mm-hmm. Lauren, could you tell us a little bit about what 
being a foodie specifically obviously is more encompassing than just the ingredients you're eating. So what does that experience mean to you? Sure. I think it's twofold. I think being a foodie means that you not only need energy and nourishment, but you love food, you get excited about food, you read menus before you go to a restaurant, um, and you love sharing it with other people. And then I think also inherent with food, whether it's in a home or whether in a restaurant, is that you either receive hospitality or you're, you know, giving hospitality. So I think there's a lot wrapped into to food and hospitality and, and fellowship as well. Sure. Yeah, I can see that in my experience. So quick story about my family. My family owned a restaurant here in Orlando for 53 years that my grandparents started, uh, Rossi's Pizza. And unfortunately, we had to close two years ago. And so it's kind of just hitting me now. Like I'm just processing some of the pieces of what that has meant because it was for 25 years of my life, you know, part of my identity. And so two years after the fact, what I miss most is sure, I miss I miss our pizza and I miss the wings and things like that. But I grieve sometimes that I can't take my new friends to go and go to our family place and sit around the table together and uh, just know that I'm inviting them into part of who I am and who the family I belong to, who we are. And so, yeah, I think there's such a big dynamic of food that has so much more to do with Mm -hmm. than just the ingredients and and so that's been my personal experience. And yeah, just the idea of being able to break bread together. Uh, there's a communal aspect to how we dine and how we eat. Um, obviously, there's those times where I'm sitting at my desk eating alone uh, at lunchtime, but uh, the majority of my meals are shared with someone. Um, Donovan and I will go for a walk for lunch or um, I get to sit and eat dinner with my family just about every night. And I love that uh, food is something that brings us together. Lauren, can you talk a little bit more about the idea of hospitality? I know um, your background is in the hospitality industry as well as uh, some of your current roles are there. So can you talk more about that idea of how um, there's both uh, the hospitable side, the person serving and the person being served? Sure. So uh, my day job is in the hospitality industry as well um, in a restaurant. And so I think you know, the food and restaurant industry is inherently also a hospitality industry. So you you go to a restaurant, you have a server or there's a barista and you're receiving their hospitality. Um, And then when you invite someone into your home, you're extending that as well. And I think too, you know, being a server and being in the industry is a hard job. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, it's, well, how do I extend God's grace and God's goodness in, in every scenario, even when I'm ordering food. Mm-hmm. And when I thought about this, the the word kindness came to mind. And so I think even extending kindness to your server, to who's serving you goes a long way because that's um, a, an attribute of God and something that he desires for us to extend to people as well. Yeah. It sounds like it's an exchange of, of dignity in some mm-hmm. sense. Like there's a very human piece to both being waited on and then the way that you in turn treat the person waiting on you because they're bringing you dignity in in the way that they're supplying the food and then you give them dignity in the way that you treat them as hey like thank you like you're a person thank you so much for the way um you've served me Sure. I think it's the people that make the place. So whether you, you know, had a family restaurant forever or, you know, the barista that you see every day, it's the people that really bring 
the food and the enjoyment of food to life, I think. With being a foodie and with having your own blog comes a lot of power um, and a lot of ability to speak into or against um, different restaurants and families and all kinds of things here in Orlando. So, Lauren, how do you balance um, both the desire to be truthful and to uh, give good critique and review to places, but also uh, knowing there's a lot of humanity involved in the the food industry and service industry. Yeah. And powered to the tune of 11,000 people. 11,000 followers. Captive audience. You know, when I started, I wanted to share great food in Orlando with people. And from the very beginning, I decided I didn't want to critique and leave scathing negative reviews. And so if I went somewhere and was was invited somewhere and didn't like it, I would privately let the the owner or the marketing person know and then I just wouldn't write about it because I didn't want to be untruthful, but to your point, there is a lot of family and money and people's well-being. Mm-hmm. And just because I didn't like it doesn't mean that someone else wouldn't like right. it. And so I always wanted to be respectful of people's gifts and and what they were bringing to the table. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, that's words have the power of life and death. So I respect that a lot because that's a difficult decision to make. And the Yelp culture and the internet and social media gives uh, a lot of voice in some very hurtful and harmful ways. So it I does. Your really, online overall view can really make or break you as a business in today's culture. And so yeah. to not contribute negatively to that was a big thing for me. Yeah, it's it's such a world of influence because I'm going to, you know, publicly shame this this place. And so I res- I'm glad and encouraged to hear how you want to steward that influence to build up rather than to separate out, separate out or weed out. So I think that's an awesome perspective. Um, is that something that you've always held true? Or is there a scenario where you might have written something harsher than you wanted to, something you saw or read or an experience with uh, a background in the hospitality industry that stands out that gave you that perspective? My day job has always been in public relations. And so a lot of times it's been managing journalists and managing reviews and managing you know, the, the public persona for my client. And I remember there was one individual in particular that was just known for kind of making and breaking restaurants and was, everyone was scared of him. He came in the restaurant and it was just this fear. And so I'd watched that a little bit over the course of my career with several journalists. And I never wanted to invoke fear if I walked into a restaurant. I was there to, you know, share good news and, and share about someone's joy and and what they were doing day to day. Lauren, are you a good cook? I'm a horrible cook. My poor husband. (laughs) I can make tacos. That's about it. That's all you need. We'll and, cover that well, later. And reservations. Yeah. What, what more do you need? About? Tacos and Taco- reservations. Yes. <laughs> yes. I can bake cookies, but that's about it. Alexa, are you a good cook? No. No? No. Really? I should be, right? Rossi's Pizza. But, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm like, can function cooking. Like, I can feed myself. Make sure I have you. You make edible food. <laughs> I make food that's edible. <laughs> Am I confident making it for other people? No. Actually, the one time I did take food to a friend, like after they had a baby, was it was tacos. 
Because, like, why not? It's you just cook the meat, up. hard to mess yeah. it up. And then everything else, you just have to put on a plate. True. You chop up some avocados. Yep. Good. And some onions and some cilantro. Yeah. And next thing you know, they're like, wow, tacos. <laughs> when you've had a baby and you haven't seen a taco in, like, three weeks. <laughs> it's just, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Are you a good cook? Um, I'd like to think so. Uh, I enjoy cooking a lot. And I like trying new things and experimenting with stuff that I wouldn't usually cook. So um, I love watching food shows and reading cookbooks and trying things. Mm-hmm. And usually it turns out edible. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I grew up, the majority of the protein that we ate growing up was stuff that we harvested ourselves. So fish, animals, ducks. Is that Wisconsin life. So, um, that's really that's crazy that's the kind of stuff that i know how to cook well um which is not typical in orlando so um yeah yeah, i like to cook so lauren as we think about what it means to invite the lord to own our space in a bigger way in ordinary moments and as we apply that to food what does it mean to recognize god as we go about the daily need to eat food? Is it just praying before a meal or is there more to that, that we can understand who God is as we, as we partake in food? Sure. I think that food definitely draws us to prayer before a meal. That's a big part of it. But then I think it also draws us to Thanksgiving and being thankful for maybe who's around the table or the food that God has provided. And then I think it also encourages gathering. And so, you know, I think about the verse in Hebrews 10, 25 to not give up on the habit of meeting food and a table draws community and draws people together. Yeah. And it seems like community is such a vehicle for God's ordinary grace mm-hmm. that is centered around food. Like we're intended to grow in community mm-hmm. and food is in a lot of ways, the beginning place for that to happen based off of what you're saying from Hebrews. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just n- not to give up on meeting together. And that so often just naturally happens around food. And I think too, it's easy to do Uber eats or go eat by yourself or kind of isolate yourself around food and a practice that's meant to be shared and meant to encourage meeting and gathering community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's an aspect where uh, there are the moments where we're going to eat alone and there's the moments that we're not going to enjoy what we're eating. I think of some meals that I'm really just eating for sustenance. It's not something I enjoy or something for me, the battle is eating something that's healthy for me when um, I have an opportunity to eat something else. And um, there, there's, the whole other side, uh, apart from the, the relationship, that is the sustenance that God gives us. And um, it just makes me think of, um, it makes me think of when Christ said that man can't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the Father. I think there's the, the beauty of relationship that comes through food, but also the understanding that we need God to supply for us and we need God to really uh, sustain us in our day-to-day life as well. So um, just a couple of things that crossed my mind. Yeah, absolutely. 
food can be one of those things that um, taken in the wrong context, we can get ourselves into trouble. Um, and I think culturally here in Orlando, it's easy to think of food as this amazing, good gift. We have this foodie culture. We have all kinds of different places that we can visit and try different things. But uh, the reality is um, other parts of the country and especially other parts of the world don't have the same kind of experience with food as we do. And um, there's struggles of all kinds uh, when it relates to food. So uh, what kind of dangers can we run into when um, uh, something that's a good gift from God gets uh, misled or turns into an idol for us or um, even just uh, understanding the brokenness that lives in the food culture. Um, what kind of things can you guys think of that um, might be a danger for us? I think with the advent of Instagram and social media and just mm. living in America, there's mm. this culture of excess mm. and keeping up with, have I been to the latest restaurant? Mm. Have I tried the coolest new spot? And so I think being mindful of not, giving in to excess mm -hmm. and that means you know spending too much money at a restaurant or you know overindulging in mm -hmm. making sure you're keeping up with the culture is mm -hmm. is a interesting line to to try and walk yeah it seems that anytime you take a good thing and make it ultimate maybe i turn to food because it gives me instant pleasure mm -hmm. or instant satisfaction for something that actually is a much deeper route that i need to take to the lord and so what i've done is i've made the experience of enjoying food the ultimate thing that mm -hmm. i think will satisfy me but the reality is it won't and then that's you know there will be repercussions that come along with that in the long run mm -hmm. and so any isn't that the struggle of the Christian life mm -hmm. is like taking these good things that are gifts and finding balance with them. And, and that's probably a very privileged struggle mm -hmm. of a Christian life because all yeah. around the world, you know, Christians have quite a different experience, but it seems that in our context, it's so difficult to keep our hearts from mm -hmm. taking some created thing, whether it's food or people and running with it as if it has the key or answer to life that only the creator has. Mm -hmm. And so it's immediate. It's in front of us. Mm -hmm. We can access it, especially here in this country. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes we should check our hearts as to, okay, if I'm, if I'm looking for this experience all the time, mm -hmm. is it a surface level uh, fix for something that is much deeper or a longing that only the Lord can satisfy. Mm -hmm. And how do I go about that? Yeah, I think it's something we've talked about a lot in recent weeks here at First Pres too, the idea of um, finding our pleasure and our joy in things other than what God created us for. So God created us, he gave us these good gifts, but ultimately we're to find our pleasure and our joy in him. Um, so anytime that, uh, what we would call an idol, so food being an idol means it starts to take control of where I'm supposed to be finding my satisfaction in God and in my relationship with him and rather finding comfort and joy in something else, anything else, uh, not just food, but anything else. That's uh, that's our struggle in the day-to-day -day ordinary, though, isn't it? Like when we talk about our ordinary lives, ordinary usually includes a lot of broken. Absolutely. Um, so really, uh, both with food and all of the other things we'll talk about later on in the series, um, there's this tension between my ordinary being a, a good spiritually driven uh, walk with God versus uh, the places where I find extreme brokenness in my life. So sure. uh, anything taken too far out of context is going to be that tension. And, and 
and learning how to go about that journey of reflection in a way that's not legalistic Mm -hmm. and understands that uh, God remembers we're dust. And as we talk about idols, like Calvin, uh, John Calvin talks, has this quote about how our hearts are just idol factories and there's so much um, that we're just capable of being uh, lost in. And I think God is gracious to that. So how do we take that in to him and lay it before him and say, Lord, this is the, the nature of my heart. And it's beautiful because it gives me the capacity to delight in you. Yet I am far too easily satisfied by things that are less than you. Out of my personal curiosity, I know we're trying to wrap up. What has being, you know, the face behind Spork Orlando, like what kind of opportunities has that afforded you that maybe you wouldn't have had otherwise? We, my husband and I go to a lot of places together because thankfully when you go, you get a plus one. So that's exciting. (laughs) And the cool thing is when you go, you get invited as a media partner and they comp your experience and so we've been able Brad jokes he hasn't paid for a date night in like five years (laughs) (laughs) which is true but we have been able to go to a lot of places that we wouldn't have otherwise because you're invited as a guest so that's been yeah that's really cool that's cool Lauren what are the places that we can follow you to find out what you're blogging about you can find me on Instagram at Spork Orlando Thanks again for joining us today, Lauren. We are excited to see uh, what continues to happen through Spork Orlando and um, to continue to follow you. So thanks for coming in. Um, We will be back next week to continue this conversation and take it in a little bit different direction and talking about humanity and how Christ came to earth uh, and talking a little bit about how diet and nutrition help us to um, honor God well. So If you haven't yet subscribed to our podcast, we'd love to have you do that. Come check us out um, every week throughout the series. We'll be here at First Prez on Sunday morning. If you have any questions about how to subscribe or have questions about the podcast, we'd love to answer those for you at our connecting booth. And we will see you next week. Now go out and love the city.